I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about... Baz Luhrmann's latest movie, Elvis. Elvis. Yes, the biopic starring Austin Butler. <laughs> Butler. Yes. <laughs> and Tom Hanks. It's the first movie, feature length movie, that Baz has given us since 2013's The Great Gatsby. So it's pretty exciting. Really? Yes, he made the get down really? in between that. Remember that show oh. we liked? Yes, yes, I like that show a lot. But I was pleasantly surprised that he was coming out with the movie and it was about Elvis. And as soon as those, you know, initial kaleidoscope, gilded kaleidoscopes came on the screen, I was like, this is a Baz movie. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, I, t- I immediately noticed those too. I was, that was so pretty. It was just like gems and jewels and gold and, and yeah, the kaleidoscope looking stuff. It was, it, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, yep, <laughs> this is, this is it. Um, I took my little sister to see this movie with me because I, d- I didn't want to go alone. Um, and she, <laughs> she, t- her, her thoughts at the end were um, she got a little motion sick a little bit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll happen. That'll happen. Um, and uh, she said it got a little it got a little crazy here and there. And I was like, yep, that's that's Baz. He's crazy. <laughs> His editing is absolutely bonkers. Um, and I love I love it. I think it's just always a choice, which is great. And it's always the bold choice. Yes, we will always, I'll always be a little salty that he didn't, that he didn't make um, The Great Gatsby just like a bit more crazy. Felt mm-hmm. like he was, he was very tame. And I feel like we, <laughs> we talked, we talked about The Great Gatsby on the podcast, right? No, like, that, that movie happened. was way too Came long before. ago. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I feel like we've mentioned it though, talking about other Baz Luhrmann Definitely. Films. Maybe. Um, other things. And yeah, I mean. I think that because the source material for that was the book, The Great Gatsby, which has the 10, you know, it's it's a narrative story that isn't exactly free flowing. I think he kind of had to keep, he had to keep it to the certain thing at that point. But with this one, it's a biopic, which is perfect for him. And I don't think that he really has done any other biopics before this. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. It's I don't a think so. pretty incredible that we haven't even had an Elvis movie before, like an Elvis biopic. And truly, it was the perfect topic for him because Elvis tr- like, was such an interesting person, as we saw 
in this kind of illustrated history of him. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I never really thought much about Elvis other than, you know, um, his, his song shows up in Lilo and Stitch (laughs) and, um, and there are lots of people who, um, dress up as him, imitate him in Elvis, in, uh, in Las Vegas and in like Hollywood and stuff. Um, his music is unlike, it's one of the, you know, the most famous, he's one of the most famous recording artists of all time. So his music is everywhere all the time. Um, that's true. That's true. Yes. Very true. I, his, his music's very recognizable, um, in many places. Um, yeah, I didn't know, uh, in the little tidbits at the very end, the little, like, I don't know, extra notes at the end credits saying that he's like the highest, highest, what is it, is the term grossing with music, Mm -hmm. with music? Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, like solo artist ever. Yeah. In ever. (laughs) So that's super cool. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy learning like how much influence uh, his music and his um, his dance moves he got from, you know, black music culture. Yes. Um, Directly influenced. Like he grew up, you know, in a in a black culture. So he completely absorbed it. <laughs> and this was who he wanted to be. Yeah, this is the this is the music he loved. He loved he loved blues. He loved. He loved all that kind of soul type of music. Very beautiful. Gospel, lots of gospel. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, I loved kind of seeing his um his stage performances being set. We got a lot of just s- music and stage performances in this movie, which I really enjoyed because, you know, I love seeing all of his crazy costumes and how they changed from when he started to, you know, when he eventually passed and and just seeing all the ways he changed because we kind of saw how Tom Hanks's character, Colonel Tom Parker, um, was kind of making him something he didn't want to be. And then he eventually like rebelled against it to kind of go back to what he loved doing. And, you know, he had all these obstacles. Um, so it was really cool to just, it was very thorough. Like the movie, mm-hmm. the movie definitely felt long, but not like, so long to where I couldn't sit through it, obviously, yeah. because I did. And I did enjoy it. And the latter half was was a bit better to watch than, like, the beginning half. The the intro, the very beginning, was, like, a little... was a little shaky. was a little... Yeah. was a little bit. Um, I feel like that could have been maybe a little bit smoother. Um, I know I know that Baz likes to kick, kick things off with a bang really fast and just... Yeah. Fast and loose, but like so just, fast and loose. <laughs> so fast and loose. So maybe maybe the beginning could have been a little a little bit a little bit better, but um but the whole rest of the movie after that, like kinda once we got things going with finally meeting Elvis and kind of seeing where his story comes in, um, was was really great. It was really awesome to see. I enjoyed it a lot. I agree, and I think the movie was pretty good on the whole. Um, very excited that Baz made it and put a lot of, you know, contemporary music in there along with El- Elvis music and other R&B music 
that we, you know, hear some of the samples of today in a lot of our music today, pop music. And so like having that kind of enveloped within the story is a very bad thing to do with contemporary notions. And yes, he loves like modern music mixed with mixed with like old music. Like he yes. really likes that. And I know we hear the Doja Cat mm-hmm. um, song on, on TikTok a lot. Yeah. Um, the, her, her version of Hound Dog um, with the original clippings of the original Hound Dog song. Yeah. Um, and so and I didn't know that, you know, she had made that specifically for the movie because, you know, sometimes people have songs already out and then they just use them for movies or, you know, they're specifically made for movies. Um, but that was really cool to hear it in the movie. I was like, oh, I recognize this because it's great. all over TikTok, obviously. Yeah, so good. Such a good song. Yeah, I just, I enjoyed a lot of it. It I, Honestly, it was just so much fun, which I hope to have in a, in a Baz Luhrmann film. And also just like learning about Elvis, like you were saying, I truly like did not appreciate him very much, to be honest. And I, I am like, I'm changed now. And I think it is because... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, me neither. I really didn't care. Like, I just, I was like, yeah. I might even, like, start listening to some of his music on uh, on Spotify. I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I added, I added Billie Holiday once, once we watched that movie. <laughs> yes. Um, that was good and now, too. you know, I might, I might throw in some Elvis. Might just throw it in there. Yeah. I mean, they definitely kind of skirted over some of Elvis's more problematic things about him. Like, he was very into, like teenage girls as well as you know basically in the times he just would he just loved to be around women and young women a lot and i think they Mm. kind of showed that in this like him kissing all those girls and stuff but it was not as like explicit they did show of course the kind of difference between how you know as a white man playing playing the blues and playing rock and roll like he could get away with a lot more than any black man could at the time as in a segregated country and they talked about it a lot like i they did not ignore that and it was part it's part of the history of elvis it's part of the history of america and it was like so clearly like trying to highlight all the other black artists around him that made him who he was like bb king right exactly yeah yeah, I really liked that addition. I really liked seeing, you know, how the how the music was originally sung um, through through the black musicians, um, and then kind of how Elvis would change it, and then how it then kind of just fired off from there because like these songs would get crazy popular, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting because I mean I I guess I guess copyrighted stuff really wasn't a huge deal at that time i guess people were just singing other people's songs all the time i think they were doing it more i think it was one of those things where it was more accepted to like write a good song and then somebody else big would sing it and who knows how much money that person would get because and oftentimes i'm sure that not every song that elvis sang was even made by the person who he heard it from it's kind of like not as clear of a chain but he most definitely did steal music from other people. And that was like, you know, not as like, oh, everybody's compensated for everything that they make. Really, it's more yeah, like... Probably not. Probably yeah. <laughs> artists were never compensated. Exactly. Um, 
and never even recognized for the amazing song they wrote. And yeah, and I just, yeah, it just seems like music, because, you know, he was born in like 1935 or something like, like, Mm -hmm. like, that's so crazy to think that he was, he was around such a long time ago. And and who knows what, like, even (laughs) the music industry was like back then, like, who like people are so protective over their work now. Well, yeah, and they, as they should, because fucking things were just getting stolen all the time back then. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy that's watch. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, I also want to touch back on the editing again because you know we talk about how Baz Luhrmann has really chaotic, uh, fast editing. Yeah. Um, but I really like that in terms of I, I like I like his style specifically for things like this. I mean, his his style works great for movies like Moulin Rouge and Strictly Ballroom, which are just more like narrative stories that he's written um, that are just really good. But like for for the life of a rock star, of a musician, especially for someone like Elvis, this this editing felt perfect in a way because mm-hmm. he the movie constantly talks about how they're they're traveling all the time. They're he's playing shows all the time. He's mm-hmm. constantly moving. He's never stopping. Mm-hmm. And so, and this movie never had a rest except for some very important. Sorry if you could hear me clapping because I'm clapping to show <laughs> emphasis. So excited, <laughs> so excited. Um, but the movie would never stop, and that's probably what the life of a rock star or a musician felt like most of the time. Mm-hmm. Just never stopping, never, never getting a pause until very important points of history kind of force you to slow down. Mm-hmm. Like the only times the movie felt like it really got a rest was when Martin Luther King died and Bobby Kennedy died. And oh, that one died. Yeah. I thought it was the other one. No, I think it was Bobby. Bobby? Yeah. yeah. Right. That, that would make. Uh, okay. Yes. And then Kennedy died. Um, and that's when we really had like these kind of longer, didn't feel as, as chopped up edited scenes where like Elvis just really took in what was happening and what this meant for the country. And just, it was very nice. I really liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And they had a lot of like social context in there. The times and Elvis, the way that he, felt towards his home and um and specifically like Beale Street and um everybody in Tennessee and so that was an interesting like it was great to have that all wound up like he like left home just as his mom was saying and kind of became too too uh too much like he was a bird in a gilded cage and he couldn't really enjoy his life anymore. And the only thing that he found joy in was being on stage. And it was and so being clear. People who loved him, who he also loved back. He was a very well, yeah, but loving guy, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he also had, he kind of pushed away the people who he cared about the most. And, you know, the pills, well, yeah, the for his, lifestyle. Yeah. For his image, he was told to you know, not have, not be attached to anyone, like not have a girlfriend, not until like later in life. Yeah. Yeah, The very beginning. Um, Just because if you're going to be, if you're going to be a heartthrob, people need to believe that you're, that you're attainable in some Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
so it can't be attached. Um, oh my goodness. Well, I, I loved how like sexually charged this movie was. Amazing. Um, I, yes. Immediately after, I would, cause they brought up the Beatles while this was happening because obviously they became big uh, during Elvis's career. And like at the end, and, and you know, we, we've got a lot of scenes of girls just basically oh my having God. orgasms like yes. out in the out in the in the fucking audience dude Loved like it, it was so funny it was so funny especially that first when he's wearing that pink like mm-hmm. suit and he's just very like like n- not even to the point of his hip wiggling that he gets to later in life like yeah. it's just yeah just the very beginnings of his hip wiggling because i guess he really hasn't performed in front of people he just he just recorded in, in that studio and then that was it yeah like, and then it was and then the record was going around like getting big Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately after the movie, I was like, I was like, Kimmy, the Beatles, like, do we see a lot of this type of scenes of, of girls just going crazy and like mm-hmm. just screaming and crying for the Beatles? And I was like, I mean, was that, was that for a different reason? Or did people truly think that the Beatles were also just like sex symbols as well with those, with those silly little bull cuts? <laughs> they were, I think there was a lot of appealing things about the Beatles and, it probably was that they were just cute young men who sang really well and had amazing mm-hmm. music and great stage presence and chemistry between them. So there's a there's a lot of reasons. And it's also like you could pick your favorite. So there's something for everybody with the Beatles. That's um, true. But I think with Elvis, the white population had never been introduced to something as, you know as much movement and as much um, soul as Elvis had. And it resonated through his body and out into, you know, the women in the audience who have never, who, you know, from these Southern places that he was playing in in the beginning with, with such a like conservative place, you can't imagine that it would be like they would ever have seen anything like that in their entire lives or even thought, that that is a way that a man could move to please them. You know, it's not really like, that's why he like almost got arrested because it's just so sexual in into overtly sexual. And it would make you go crazy if you never like actually got to experience that in real life, like to feel those teenage feelings or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think they did an excellent job describing that just kind of knocking through the conservative feelings of the 30s, 40s, you know, really blasting through that barrier of America that was kind of stuck up in it and, you know, boring. And yeah, yeah, so it's really it's great. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen a lot of biopics now where, you know, the government gets involved if things get a little bit too political, like as we saw mm-hmm. with Billie Holiday singing her song um, and getting arrested for it because it was very political at the time. Um, yeah, it's but crazy. This was, it's crazy. This was really just like, I guess religion is, is often political. So I'm sure it was, it was seen in that light as well. Um, but it just seemed very like wanting to be modest. And it just seemed that the religious groups are going after him, the more modest ones and just wanting him to be clean a clean family act (laughs) yeah we've really come a lot like a long way and i think it's 
when we see things like this, you know, obviously there is so much to say about the current climate and everything, but you look back on things like this and how prosecuted people were for like with Billie Holiday, just, just singing a song and laws that people had that were just insensitive and horrible. It's like people can sing whatever they want now. Like we have come so far from this situation where, you know, you can't be thrusting your hips. And it's like the Super Bowl every year is just as insane as anything Elvis, you know, did. And yeah, it's like, there's so much layers of things in, in in America and the fact that he never even left America. So I know that <laughs> that shocked me. It was super was shocking like, and horrible. Wow, never ever left the country. This man just wanted just wanted just to, to see go, the world, man. Wanted to see the world. Wanted wanted to wanted to see all the faces of, of people who love him. And yeah. they wanted to sing for them and, and show him a good show. Like it just it's crazy. It's crazy. But like, even I didn't even think that there was really much traveling at the time. Obviously, when he got when he got older and more people were flying, obviously, like it kind of. But like at the very beginning, it just it seemed. I don't know. When when I think of Elvis, it seems like he didn't live during a time when planes existed. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> it was just more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as attainable. Yeah. It wasn't as attainable. Well, I um, guess... Unless you were filthy, stinking rich. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk about um, Tom Hanks' character, who's basically our narrator in this, and plays a yes. incredibly, like, cartoonish man. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. fine. Like, he is, he is supposed to be a real-life person, but this person was, again, a very controlling and manipulative person. So his kind of weird demeanor kind of works for the way that he could manage to manipulate Elvis and everybody around him. Yeah. I, uh, the Tom, Tom Hanks played his character very well. You know, every, every musician has a, has an abusive person Mm -hmm. in their life that takes advantage of them. Unfortunately. Um, The one thing I didn't love was that he was the narrator because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like he really, his narration didn't really add much. And it just didn't like, you know, he said things like here and there. Oh, the reason I did this was to keep him safe or Mm -hmm. you did that. But like, and so you're kind of at the end, you're trying to think, you know, did he actually care about Elvis or was he really just taking it in the end? He was probably just taking advantage of him. Like he was never a good guy. Well, we knew that from the beginning. I mean, so, but the fact that the narrator was there trying to like put up his defense, yeah, yeah, yeah. sway you, which I I guess is fine in and of itself. But I also just didn't feel like the narration really did much, and like maybe we didn't even really need a narrator, um, or yeah, you know, something else. I I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't care for. I think it's a Baz thing as well. I think Baz likes narrators. <laughs> he does. Yes, he does. He likes he does. to frame the story around a person. And in this case, it was Elvis through the eyes of Tom Parker, like Colonel Tom Parker. And it was an interesting way to go out because it, it eventually became so clear that Elvis wanted something that was different, but he kept getting pulled back. And it was so aggravating to watch that. And eventually he lost, you know, he died because of his addiction to drugs and 
his fervor. He was like a completely like the definition of, you know, um, burning bright and fading fast. Like he just really just he was only 42 when he died, which is absolutely insane. And because yeah. <laughs> you watch crazy. videos of him and he just looks so much older than 42. And it's because of just how much he put his body through and his life was just truly nonstop. Like you were saying. Um, yeah. I mean, especially with the Colonel in charge of him, like he mm-hmm. didn't, he obviously didn't care about his well being. Like when he needed a break and when he was, you know, exhausted from how many shows he was doing and he would really go go all out for his performances. He was, he was moving. He was seeing the top of his lungs. Like yeah. after having a performance like that, where you're just moving so much, do you, do you need to have good breaks in between? Like you need to have a week off between performances, dude. Like they're fucking crazy. How much he would exert himself during these. Yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah. And then eventually just getting like, you know, trying to get away from the Colonel, but eventually getting, getting stuck with him because he just he had so much over him that he couldn't get away um it's it's just it's kind of it's kind of heartbreaking it is and it is really you know i think we've reached the part of the podcast where i can really really say that i truly am in love with austin butler now i don't know how this (laughs) happened i i did not expect this whatsoever this man gave a performance that i mean it was it was unbelievable and absolutely incredible and it is crazy it's just a crazy amazing performance (laughs) i will i will say i never found elvis presley attractive i know butler's portrayal of elvis was was very appealing i don't know how anyone could could watch this and not fall in love with him that that he is like his face especially with the way his eyes are and all the makeup he was wearing and you know his lips it's just like my god like it's like a perfect human you're just like watching him just be like and he was but he's really talented you know it's not even just like oh he's really pretty he He had a great performance yeah he wasn't just pretty he has a he did a beautiful performance so much emotion so much like like he obviously didn't sing um i don't think no um, but because 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 the music sounded the singing sounded way too good um (laughs) and and i'm sure it's super hard to imitate elvis as a singer um so but like his you know his his voice that he deepened that he was still able to show just so much of my he cried so much and it's just such a such a good little crier i know i love eyes i love actors that can cry i know (laughs) i love seeing a man cry (laughs) i get to love it so much and he was like so in love with his wife and like so in love with his daughter in the movie and it was just like oh my god (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh I didn't know he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, he's like a... he's Tex Watson in in that. Who was that? Someone from the from the, the ranch? ranch? Yes, he's the one who's oh. you know on the horses on and the then, horse, and then in the end, he's he's like the instigator of of the trying to go kill um, Leo Leo's character. He's like oh. you know one of the one of the guys in the crew. Yeah, 
Is it a, is it truly for a break? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Time for a break, everybody. Yeah it's, yeah, it's too early? Oh. No, we can take one now. Okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we're back. Emily doesn't know what time it is because, as we said, her... I don't, really I don't, <laughs> I don't, my t- time is fucked up for me when, when we do the podcast now. I don't, yeah. I don't know anything anymore. No. And if I don't remember, you're not going to remember and we're never going to do it. I just, okay, so I keep seeing these pictures of him, like, because they're on the IMDb and it just, I just can't, oh my God, like he's wearing his like lace black outfit and I'm just like, look at this <laughs> yeah. man. I can't even. Yes. Can't even his stand like, it. I really like can't. Mesh. It's like a mesh lace shirt. It's like Ugh. way too much for me. Like I, I just can't. Oh, oh, yeah. I really liked his suits that he wore before he kind of went that weird pantsuit cape route. <laughs> like big, 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 yeah, collar. big legs. Like yeah. I really liked what he wore to that. Um, to that. Uh, uh, what are those shows called? Like the, the military show, like mm-hmm. the USA, like saluting the military thing. Um, like it's just all black, like the one red tie. And I also loved his pink, his pink suit that he wears at the first little show that we see him at. Mm-hmm. Um, also loved that. Saw, he <laughs> saw the actor who plays the Duke in yes. Moulin Rouge. His dad was... I don't feel like I see this actor very often in, in stuff that we watch, so it was just really fun. I'm like, hey, I know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, Oscar-nominated Cody Smith-McPhee. <laughs> Who? Uh, Cody Smith-McPhee. Oh! He, he yeah. was in the beginning. <laughs> <gasps> he was the little he was the little uh, country singer boy. Yes. Oh. I, I didn't even I didn't even recognize him. Oh my! <laughs> he's so cute. Oh, he's really so cute. good. Um, also, oh, we God. had in his like kind of producers. He asked a bunch of producers to help him kind of bring him back <gasps> to his roots. Billy, yes, Dacre <laughs> Montgomery, who I was convinced was Joey Beatty from The Witcher, and I was like. Oh, it's Daker, what? and then I realized that they have the same face, and I was like, "They truly S- look similar. They yeah. look so similar." Like I, I yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I'll, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. Very um, similar faces. Also recognized uh, Xavier Samuel from uh-huh. the Twilight movies. <laughs> from, what is he, yeah. Eclipse? He was an Eclipse he or something? He was an Eclipse, I think, yeah. Oh, God. Do you play, like, what was his name, Riley or something? Whatever the fuck his name was. Um, no, um, not Riley. No, that was, like, the girl, I thought. Yeah, that was the girl. Let me see. What was his name? I thought it was an R. Um, I don't know. I'm looking. <laughs> I, remember, I remember having the hugest crush on him when I first saw Eclipse. He is Riley. You're right. That's right. His name. Oh. Okay. It's so funny. So cute. Okay. Sorry. Back to Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Amazing costumes. Amazing editing and dances and, like, great hair and makeup. Truly, like, I feel confident that this movie will get some Oscar noms. I hope it gets more than I, like, I want it to get a lot, but I don't know. You know, I think after fucking Bohemian Rhapsody, people just aren't going to be as open to these things. Like I said, Rocket Man was amazing, and we talked about it on our Rocket Man podcast, and I personally thought that movie was better than... So much better. I, so and much just, better. like, people just hold a Bohemian Rhapsody up on this pedestal that, like, because they they have more of a connection to it, I think, and it's it was not as artistic as it could have been. You know, like, with this movie, it's, it's kind of weird. It's an art film. I don't think it's for everybody, but it's, like, really good, you know? And it's, like, ugh... I don't think it's like yeah. the best movie of the year or something, but it was a very good piece of art, you know. I don't think it's I don't think it's so artsy to where it could put people off. I mean, I saw a lot of old ladies mm-hmm. in the in the movie, you know, and wanted to come see their Elvis. Um and like so even cute. though you might get a little you might get a little motion sickness, like I think that's really just the craziest thing that he does. Um and then, you know, maybe the music the, the newer music that's added is, you know, something that'll kind of go over over older audiences' head. But, you know, I don't think it's so... It's not like fucking, uh, the Green Knight oh, or, some sh- or some shit. Yeah, like, that's a true art. Like, that's just... Yeah, that's yeah. True. that movie makes no sense. Yeah. And it's supposed to... I mean, Baz makes some stylistic choices, but he's consistent. I mean... I think I think his movies are even a bit more palatable than than maybe Wes Anderson sometimes. Like I feel like even, um, which I saw. I never saw. Okay, <laughs> there was a trailer before Elvis that mm-hmm. had had every actor that is usually in a Wes Anderson film, but I never saw Wes Anderson's name. And now I'm still thinking. Was it a Wes Anderson film? I need to take a look. I need to look. I need to look. <laughs> I, hold on, it's gonna kill me. I, I didn't do this afterwards. I was like, oh, the new West, new West Anderson film. Like everyone's in it. Shersha, fucking. Well, um, then look up <laughs> Shersha's name and see if I'm gonna do it right now. I can't spell that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect me <laughs> to spell it correctly? Yeah, that's that's really true. <laughs> I can barely say it correctly. Okay, let's see. Um. Oh, I found it. I found her. Okay. What, what, what? Um, okay. Wonderful story of Henry. Was it this one? Was it Henry Sugar? I don't see, I don't see her in this, in anything. No. Anything that. With. 
Is it See How They Run? That one? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, I've seen this yes? trailer. It is not okay. a Wes Anderson, but it's like a fun, um, you know, murder mystery kind of movie. But like at least six actors that are yes. usually in Wes Anderson films were in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I thought the trailer was a little off. I was, I was like, okay, this trailer doesn't seem very Wes, but it's it's got everyone in it. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, looks good. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, all right. All right. Glad, glad we cleared that up. I was um, going to say, some trivia. you know, you were, you were saying like, yeah, Elvis needed to take some breaks. When this movie filmed, when it finished, Austin Butler like had to go to the hospital because he was what? so exhausted that it, <gasps> his body like decided to just, to just like break down. Like, I think he was living on such a heightened adrenaline and intensity for like however long they were filming this that he needed to just like it he just broke it like broke him poor baby i know poor baby poor baby (laughs) i don't know a lot about austin butler but i have seen who he's dated and it is Uh, okay i I, it's like kind of like the tea well (laughs) what's the what's the hot goss i mean he was with let's see He's been with so many people over the years. Oh, it's going to be in Dune Part 2, Alessandra. Yes, <gasps> yes, he's going to be Floyd Rotha. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was going to rem- I was going to say that. Yes, cuz he's going to be uh, Fade Rotha in that and of course he's supposed to be super hot. He's going to have to follow in the footsteps of Sting. Do you think he can do it? Uh yeah. <laughs> Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I tried. I think I tried to watch the Carrie Diaries with him in it, but oof, oof, oof. <laughs> no, no. Was this gonna, guy oh, really the got bling a ring. I've been wanting to. You've been keep telling me about that movie. I think the bling ring. Did you oh the yeah, yeah. That one's a. I mean, I've only seen it once. It's like, okay. You know, it's a um, Sofia Coppola movie. Oh. Um. Is in Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> uh, oh my god! So yeah, he's, so he he's a Disney Channel star. <gasps> Sorry, he has going. like seriously had like so many girlfriends. Two of his, I gotta just I gotta tell you because it matters. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> if if it, if it matters to you, it matters to our listeners. So he was with. Vanessa Hudgens from 2011 to 2020. Like he was, w- I he saw was a with picture of them time. both together in in his little uh, picture album, and I thought, you know, they were just co-stars on something. Then he um, briefly which- dated his co-star Olivia Dejange, who was the uh, Priscilla Presley, also really great in this movie. Loved her. She was so good. She was so she was cute. Really and that conversation yeah. that they had, and him just like totally enamored with her, was. Oh, was so cute. And also, all of the family of Elvis, um, which Lisa Marie and um, that actress that was in Zola. Do you remember? Um, what was her name? Gosh. The actress in Zola, who's the white girl. Uh... He, uh, what was what was she, he? He dated her at some no point? no no Riley Keough. No. She is the oh. 
she is the granddaughter of Elvis. Like, oh, I think oh. I told you this when we were watching Zola and we talked about it. You, but you probably um, yeah, and they said they loved this movie. They were like, oh, nice. this is a very accurate representation of what my mom and like everybody thought about my grandpa. And it was like crazy. But, um, well, that's nice. Okay. Yeah, very nice. Good. Okay. Then he dated Lily Rose Depp for a little bit last year. And then now he's dating Kaya Gerber, who is, um, Brooke Shields's daughter, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and she's a model. So he only, he only dates models. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Cindy Crawford, not. Brooke Shields, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Brooke Shields has a different oh. daughter. But still, she she was born in 2001. So she's a... Uh, she's younger. Yeah. And Austin yeah. Butler is... He was born in 1991. So she's, she's 10 years younger than him. Oh. Okay. That's... That's a... That's a bit... That's a bit of a gap there. <laughs> yeah. She, oh, yeah well, she's 20 and he's... 30 so yeah kind of um, a big gap <laughs> okay sure sure yeah, sure. Sure, sure sure sure, um, sure looking at some of the trivia here this is interesting because yeah i noticed this be very quick but i thought i didn't really know what was happening but the scene where elvis is seen putting a derringer pistol in his boot during his las vegas shows is true yes. he started doing that after receiving death threats oh god again the the getting older the more, like, stress and fear that was put into his head by his manager, you know, just uncool. Yeah. You could see how he would get into that point where he was kind of going insane and shooting televisions and stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was, he was truly trapped in the International Hotel. Ugh. Yeah, I bet that just started to turn into, like, the Shining Hotel for him, where it was just like... Oh my gosh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Five years um, of that shit. This is kind of interesting. RCA purchased Elvis's contract from Sam Phillips and Sun Studio for $35,000, which at the time made it the largest amount ever paid by a record label for a contract. Mm -hmm. Even with Elvis... Um, even with Elvis, Sun and Phillips were always on the brink of debt because Phillips didn't have the means necessary to cut records at a cost and pace as a larger record company. Mm -hmm. The $35,000 was a financial windfall, which kept Sun in business for years and helped Phillips launch other notable Sun stars like Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, and others. That's, that's great. I'm glad that Sun did a good job after... They lost Elvis because, like they said, like they just couldn't keep up with, with what he needed to be, and he needed to be a big star, and they just can't. They were like a small recording company. Oh, look at this: Austin Butler and Elvis Presley are actually sixteenth cousins, <laughs> twice removed. Wow! Elvis's father Vernon and Austin's mother share common ancestry. That's hilarious. <laughs> I see the resemblance. Sure. I mean, 16. <laughs> um, yeah. 
That's that's a lot of different mixing DNA in there. Yeah. Um, it says that his mother, Gladys, died at 46. And Oh, wow. So not even much older than he was when, when he Elvis died. died. Oh, so yeah. sad. <laughs> God. Yeah. Not sure if their relationship was actually like this, but I did notice in the movie that um, Elvis definitely seemed like a little bit of a mama's boy. He, uh, oh yeah, he loved he loved his mama. Oh, God. almost to the point where it got a little, it got a little uncomfy. I don't know. They looked like they were about to start macking out at one point. It he was, just was very close to his mom, and I think it really like, was. Just also Austin, just you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Just what? Just what? what? <laughs> <laughs> when he was when he was crying in the in the closet i i just thought it was so sweet like that moment yeah. was very indicative of something that somebody would do if they lost their parent just like in their clothes just crying like hugging their clothes like it was such a real beautiful moment and oh that's yeah, he what was real I, protective of her yeah like, it was really cute in the beginning when he you know imagined himself as a as a superhero um, so that he could protect his loved ones all the time. Um, I also loved, as they're saying here, the marquee showing the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas is anachronistic, as the show would not premiere for another year past when it's, a de- it's depicted in the film. But it is intended oh. as a nod to the real Elvis being a huge fan of the original Star Trek series. And Tom Hanks is also a noted Star Trek fan and was nearly cast as Zephram Cochran in Star Trek First Contact. Wow! I noticed really? a lot of Star Trek references in this, and when I saw it, yeah, it was the day after and they were at NBC. Yes, was, uh... NBC, and they had like that Star Trek experience thing, and then they they had all the different um, photos of the cast behind in the recording, like for the NBC studios. Yeah, and they were standing there, and Nichelle Nichols's par- portrait was right there, and I had just yeah like, when I saw the it, day she you died. had told me that was like yeah, the that day she, she had, died she had died yeah and I was like wow like because that they have that kind of like connection to Star Trek it was just so sweet to see it <laughs> you know bless yeah, you it really was <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Maggie Gyllenhaal and Rufus Sewell were cast as Presley's parents before the production was shut down. Six months really? later, they were forced to drop out when their production resumed due to scheduling conflicts. Oh my god, could you imagine? Oh my gosh. That would have been great, too. There's so much so much trivia. There's also a lot. Just, I mean, just general Elvis trivia in here, too. Oh my goodness. Uh, Alright. Yeah, there's just I... a ton. <laughs> there's too much. There's, 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 do we... We said a couple. We said a couple. Go check it out. It's, uh, yeah. This movie was great. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. Um, I would, I honestly would just watch it again just so I could watch Austin Butler's face more because. God. He sure has a nice one. He sure has a nice one. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a real nice one. Um, all right, let's look at the, oh, wait, no, I need to look at the, oops, plot keywords, get ahead of myself. <laughs> oops. Whoops. Uh, let's see. Plot keywords we got for Elvis are reference to Elvis Presley, rock music, based on true story, 
Manager, singer. There you go. I mean, that was, that was it. That's the movie. This movie got a 64 meta score with 35 positive reviews, 19 mixed reviews, and five negative reviews. There are three 100s. Oh, wow. The lowest one is a 25. There's a lot of negative reviews on here. You know where I'm heading. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my. Okay, yeah. Low. Goodness gracious. Okay. So, yes, you are correct. IndieWire gave it a 25. It's hard to find even ironic enjoyment in something this high on its own supply. Something much less interested in how its namesake broke the rules than it is, than it is in how its director does. And so, okay, I'm having a hard time reading this. <laughs> Whoa. It's hard to find even ironic enjoyment in something this high on its own supply. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Something much less interested in how its namesake broke the rules than it is in how its director does and something tirelessly incapable of finding any meaningful overlap between the two. That was a sentence. Oh, so wordy. Terrible review. What was that? What was that, David? (laughs) It's not a good review. Send that back in for peer review, dude. <laughs> Do you want to read another oh one of the lower my. ones? Because that one did yeah, not kinda. make any sense. <laughs> Roger Ebert. Okay, I'm going to read the Roger Ebert one. Um, the people who work for Roger Ebert. <laughs> yeah, I know. For Roger, yeah. RogerEbert.com. I uh, gave it a 38. Elvis certainly works as a jukebox, and it does deliver exactly what you'd expect from a Lerman movie. But it never gets close to Presley. It never deals with the naughty man uh, inside the jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And naughty not, not as, is a not like, whatever, K-N-O-T-T-Y. Oh. Um, it, yeah, not naughty. Not, <laughs> not like naughty boy. Well, um, his eyes beg to differ, Emily, don't you think? <laughs> you know what? It does. Um, it never grapples with the complications in his legacy. It's overstuffed, bloated, and succumbs to trite biopic decisions you know <laughs> yeah I mean, maybe a little bit yeah i i don't disagree with that but that yeah, sentiment yeah, yeah. um i'm gonna yeah. read the 60 screen daily it says if elvis suffers from a familiar lerman weakness style outpacing substance the concert Ooh. sequences effortlessly effortlessly illuminate why presley remains a revered musical figure lerman and butler delivering one euphoric set piece after another His movies are very showy. Oh yeah, they're they're showy, all right. They're showy, and yeah, their stories are are a little on the simple side, but but I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. They don't have to be super complex. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was a that was a yellow. That, that was, was a yellow. A yellow. Okay, let's scroll it on up here. Los Angeles Times says Elvis lives in Austin Butler. Ah. Austin should get an Oscar nomination. Who said that? What? What? Oh, oh, what? Oh. What? Wow. Wow. I agree. Whoever said that. <laughs> I said it. No, his... Uh, uh, Riley Keough said that. She said she would like... She said something along the lines of like... I don't, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm going to find out what she said. Um, 
I kind of like both of these. So I'm going to read them. Um, two, two out of the three 100s I'm going to read. Um, so the San Francisco Chronicle gave it a 100. It's extraordinary how Lerman is able to tell the story honestly while still making it palatable. It's equally extraordinary that he can take this short and tragically misdirected life and make it feel like a triumph. Um, and then I liked this one. It's from We Got This Covered. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think we've read one of those before. Um, for fans of Presley himself, this is the story you've been waiting for. And with Unchained Melody in your head, you'll leave the theater with more respect for Presley. For those you love and for anyone who has ever been burnt by the hand that should have shown them comfort. Yeah, the family right. was like, yeah, that's a, a really nice, the comfortness of it, the, their, his family was just like, it was very emotional for them. They were all just crying the entire time they were watching the movie, which is so sweet. Um, that's nice. Yeah. Like... Elvis's own daughter and everything saying that it's very sweet um what's your what's your favorite Elvis song Alessandra let's 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 end it on this oh that's a good question there was one of them the very first one that we hear from him I didn't even know like he sang it like sounds kind of different from his from his stuff that he gets to later um what was it what was the original um well i i do really i i know he didn't really like his christmas songs but i do like blue christmas that is that is one of my favorites um i just really like that song Mm -hmm. Mm. it's very sweet and i also really love a little less conversation that is also one of my favorite Elvis songs. Yeah. I, I think that song is so much fun. So that's that's what I have to say. I liked I liked the more like gospel one he sang later when he did like his first international um hotel mm-hmm. one. And but I don't know what that one was called. Um and then I also liked, I also liked the one in the beginning, the one, the one that made him famous. I was like going around to all the different towns and stuff on the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's Suspicious some... Minds. Was it that one? It's the first one that's on here. I'm looking at the soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe it was that one. I'm not sure. But, uh, but yeah. Did you see, um, did you see at the, at the parts with the, with the carnival? You say the, the, the geek, the geek show. Yes, I did. Did you see it? Yes. Just like throwback, uh, yeah, <laughs> carnival throwback, <laughs> carnival throwback, and someone, and someone, uh, one of the cast members from the carnival, like reminded me of, um, someone's character. It was like, uh, oh, it was, uh, oh, what's her name? Oh, what's her name? The lady, the lady from Knives Out. What's her name? Uh, Anna uh, de Armas. No, no, no. The the blonde one. Um the the one who's in hereditary. Oh, yes. Um uh, uh t- Cody t- no. Colette Colette uh, Tony uh, Colette. Yeah, you Tony. Got it, Emily, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got there. You got I got you there. You did so good. 
Oh, oh goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Okay. Well, t- yeah. <laughs> I All get right. what you're saying. I get it. Oh, goodness. It's so hot. Okay, oh, let's, same, let's close. Dude. So hot here. <laughs> let's close. A- any lasting comments um, about Elvis? If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Unless you get motion sickness and maybe take a Dramamine before you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you might need it. Um, yeah. um, if you're if you're fans of Austin Butler, definitely go watch this. He's so good. He's so cute. Such a such a beautiful beautiful man. He will um, single handedly make you like Elvis if you didn't already like Elvis. So, so he will. He for sh- yeah. If if you if you didn't care anything about Elvis before. You're gonna care Possibly slightly more now. Make you care. Just, <laughs> yeah, you'll sli- you'll care slightly more. Slightly more. Promise. I promise. <laughs> if you don't, no refunds. Um. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. Um, please follow our social media. We have. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Just search All By The Popcorn or All By The Popcorn Podcast. Uh, we also have an email if you'd like to reach out. Please email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. And we also have merch, so please check that out. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye! Bye! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.